theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. for giving me this opportunity and thank uh, Rabbi Sarah. Praise God. Praise God. I want to also thank the pastoral team. Praise God. And I want to thank you, EC family. Praise God. It, it's not easy. I've been running away from this. I feel like Jonah. I've been running, running, and uh, you can run, but you cannot hide. Praise God. God gave me a topic for us to preach, for me to look at today. But as Pastor Kiel always say, we exist so that ordinary people can experience extraordinary life in Jesus. Praise God. We believe that we are the fastest growing church in Canada, reaching the world. We believe that this is my Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. This is my Bible. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. I can be what it says I can be. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God. I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number 3. And my topic today is the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus. And we're going to read from verses 16 to 21. I would have us read in concert, but everybody have a different translation. Don't mind my accent. It will come out eventually. In my preaching, you, you can hear the strong Jamaican accent. So I'm going to tell you now, sometimes I will talk and you won't even understand, but bear with me. Praise God. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 6 to 20, 16 to 21, he said that he would grant you according to, to the riches of his glory 
to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth all knowledge, that he may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages, world without end. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. This past Monday was Valentine's Day. And that's why I wanted to preach about love. But this past Monday was Valentine's Day. All the men who got a Valentine's gift, can you raise your hand? All the men. The men. Matteo is the only man in here that got a... And, and, and Julian. Verakoski. You men are special. Most of the time, Valentine is for women. The women believe it's only they are Valentine. I notice that. Don't you notice it? The men, when you're going to the stores, all the flowers are bought for the women. No, no love for the men. <laughs> only the women. Praise God. My mom always said when I was growing up, she says, don't tell me you love me. Show me. Show me your love. Don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. I want to experience it. I want you to do the dishes. Sweep the yard. Clean up your room. Things like that. Show me you love me by doing those things. And when we're in Sunday school, we always sing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know. If I started it, everybody would be singing Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. And he said, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me because who? The Bible tells me so. The Bible. In the 50s, before we were all born, most of us, a group named the Teenagers recorded a song in which they ask the question that we, to this day, still cannot truly answer. The question is, why do fools fall in love? Then Dion on the Belmont asks another question. Why should a teenager be in love? This was an era where teenagers were going crazy about love. You know it, Elvis, the crazy little thing called love. 
Many were disappointed, hurt, suffered pain, and some had had their life all messed up because of that crazy little thing called love. In 1984, Tina Turner released a song, and she titled the song, What's Love Got to Do With It? And we Christians say everything. But at the time, she never know what love got to do with it. It should be understood that in our human circles, there are three levels of affection, namely love, lust, and infatuation. I do not, I repeat, I do not intend to answer these questions concerning teenagers' love because I have no answer. What I want to show you a more effective and lasting love beyond our human sexual emotions. You know, because when you talk about love, people say it's the feeling that you feel when you're about to feel the feeling. But that's not the love we're talking about. Let, let's look at the, the Bible, what the Bible says. In the book of Genesis, we are told that God created man in his own image. In the image of God created them male and female. Male and female, God created them. The Bible further tells us that God formed man from the dust of the earth and blew the breath of life into his nostrils and man became a living soul. The man Adam was created by God and had a composite of body, soul, and spirit. With a body, man is visible. You can see me because I have a body. With a spirit, man can commune with God. And with a soul, man has an inner connection to God. The soul of man consists of three composites. The mind that gives him the ability to think. The will that gives him the ability to choose. And the emotions that gives him the ability to love or to hate. With this ability to love, God gave man and helped me to wife. Woe to man. He gave him a woman. Woman. Thank you, sister. We are blessed. We are blessed. Praise God. The Bible says both the man and the woman had a great relationship with God. They would meet with God in the cool of the day until the relationship was severed when they sinned. The Bible says the woman looked at the fruit and desired it. But the Bible also said her husband was right beside her. For us to understand, <laughs> for us to understand this message I wish to convey to you, let us look at the word love. 
Love could be said as the most used word in our lives. Even the littlest child who don't know nothing about love would say, oh, I love you. There are more songs written and sung about love than any other subject. When one thinks about love, they think of stories like Romeo and Juliet and Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella. Love is mostly equated to sexuality. And this is because of its English connotations. Many books have been written about love. But the greatest book on love, on the subject of love, is the Bible. The word love is mentioned 300 times in the Bible. In the King James Version alone, which is the most used version of the Bible. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that's the love verse. All of us should know that. He said, do I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love? I am just a noise. Sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy, I can remove mountains. And I have not love, I am nothing. Though I give my body to be burned and make all these sacrifices, Brother Helvis, and I have no love, I am nothing. Nothing. I am nothing. And I go further to say we can have the best preachers because I think Pastor Kill is one of the best preachers in the world. We can have the best programs. We can have the best singing. Sister Sarah. Sister Sarah. Uh, don't tell me about singing. We can have the best teaching. But no love. Nothing. Nothing. We have nothing. We have nothing. And it should be taken into consideration that the Bible was not originally written in English. In the English language. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was written in Greek. A-H-A-V-A. Ahava is the Hebrew word for love. The, to Israel, love is more than just a word. Mm -hmm. It is an emotion that involves action. In Israel, love was, is also a way of life. It describes a variety of intensely close emotional bonds. Praise God. The Greeks, to the Greeks, there are different types of love. And they are as follows. Eros, E-R-O-S, pronounced eros, erotic, sexual, a romantic love. That married people should have. Philios. Love of friends. A brotherly love. And I want to pause a little here. Brotherly love. When I hang out with uh, 
Elvis and Prom and Alwyn. I see a special brotherly love in those. Surpass love that is deep. They have an affection and a, a bonding for each other that I, I admire. I admire in them. Third type of love is Torje. Love of parents for children. That's family love. That's the love you have for your child. And last of all is agape. The love that God has for humans. A divine love. Unconditional love. A group from Britain used to sing that song. Give me your unconditional love. You don't know that song. You're too young. We would define love as the will to extend yourself for someone else which facilitates the growth of that person. It is the will to extend yourself for Rihanna that facilitates her growth. Not Praise God. So now that we understand what love is, let us now try to understand the love of Jesus. Now, Adam and Eve, I told you before, had a great relationship with God. And God met with them in the cool of the day, and they communed with God. But as I said before, sin severed that relationship. And throughout the Bible, from the fall of man, we see where God used different ways to express his love towards humanity. The Bible tells us that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It says Enoch walked with God and he was not because God took him. It said Abraham was a friend of God. David was a man after God's own heart. Praise God. This was a visible throughout the Bible and the history of Israel. But God's love was not only for Israel. God's love was for the world. For the world. Because of Adam's fall, we all were affected by one Adam's sin entered the world. God was and is not willing that we should perish in our sins. So he acted in love. John declared it like this. John 3 and verse 16 and 17. It said, for God so loved the world that he gave... His only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent not his son into the world to condemn this world, but that the world through him might be saved. Praise God. Praise God. For man to be redeemed, for man to be bought back. That's a, an accounting term, redeemed, bought back. It needed blood. Praise God. Israel had to offer sacrifices yearly to keep the love relationship with God. We are told that sacrifices were offered year by year continually, but that couldn't make them come become perfect. So every year they would take their turtle loves and their bullocks and their sheep and their goat to the priests. Offer on the day of atonement and the priest would offer up a sacrifice. 
and their sins would be rolled back one year. Just one year. Just one year. Imagine now you can enter into the Holy of Holies and make your petition known right away. Blood seems to be the substance of God's love. In the Old Testament, we read a lot concerning the love of God verses upon verses speaks of God's love. My theme, the love of Jesus, would seem to suggest that the love of God and the love of Jesus are two different love. Let me quickly explain the difference. The Old Testament tells us that God, who is a spirit, had no blood. God is a spirit. God has no blood. So this God came in the form of man in the New Testament. Praise God. And John puts it like this in John 1 and verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. And verse 14 said, and that word became flesh with Jesus Christ and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the begotten father, full of grace and truth. First Timothy 3 and verse 16 says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached among the Gentiles, believe on the world, and received up into glory. That's my Jesus. That's Jesus. In the New Testament, we see God in the form of Jesus. The angels told Joseph that the child that Mary was carrying was a son and should be called Emmanuel, being interpreted as God with us. From, birth, from the birth of Jesus, God's expression of love came through Jesus Christ. So when we read in the Bible the love of Jesus Christ, it is the same love of God, only in a different dispensation. Simply put, God in the Old Testament has a name, and the name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. It was while we were yet sinners, the Bible tells us we were dogs and sorcerers. Such were some of you. I was in the gutter. But Jesus came down to my level, the songwriter said. When I couldn't get up to his, with a strong arm, he lifted me up. And he showed me what living was. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, what a love. Oh, what a love. What a love that Jesus should not only suffer, but died for us. God, love was demonstrated in sacrifice. 
songwriter put it, when he was on the cross, he and I was on his mind. When he was on the cross, you and I was on his mind. When the crown of thorn was placed on his head, you and I was on his mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When they spat on him, you and I were not in mind. When they jeered him, you and I was on his mind. When he cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabatane, you and I was on his mind. Praise God. When he cried, I thirst. You and I was on his mind. Mm. When he cried, it is finished. You and I was on his mind. He, God, demonstrated his love to us while we were sinners. While we were sinners, Christ died. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no man done this than a man laid down his life for his friends. What a love. Though we were enemies of the cross, Jesus took our place and died for us. As a true friend would, there's a chorus that says, Jesus signed my pardon. This I surely know. He took my place on Calvary that I don't have to go. All my life I give to him. He gave his life for me. When he signed my pardon. Fear at Calvary. Praise God. That's love. Oh, how glorious is his love revealed in the great sacrifice. How this makes divine love stands out prominently before the universe. What else could God have done that would prove his love so effectively? Jesus died for us as friend. The Bible declares it. No greater love. No greater love as a man than to lay down his life for his friends. This was what Paul was trying to say in, in the text. And he prayed for the saints of Ephesus. And even for us today. That we would give that God will give us as believers according to the riches of his glory the desire to be strengthened with might by his spirit in our souls which is the inner man he wants you to be strong because God's presence is in you the purpose for this is that believers may be rooted and grounded 
in love. And this means that our love will be firm, not easily tumble over, no wishy-washy. Because its roots go deep down to Jesus Christ. Praise God. With this firmness, we can share with all the saints everywhere the full measure, the full measure of Christ's love that transcends all knowledge of humanity. Such love. Such wondrous love. Such love. Such wondrous love. That God should love such a sinner such as I. Oh, wonderful is love like this. Ah. Oh, wonderful is love like this. Hallelujah. He commended his love to us that it can be reciprocated. Therefore, urging us to love him as he loved us. When this love is taken in effect in our hearts, how deeply do we feel that we cannot hate anyone for whom Christ died. Praise God. The Bible tells us that God is love. The very essence of God is love. The very nature of God is love. God cannot be separated from his love. God's word and his love are the same. You cannot separate God from his love. Just like you cannot separate God's word from him. Praise God. A superintendent who was in charge of a 150 boys in a reform school is accustomed when they misbehave to put them on a timeout of bread with bread and water. And sometimes he would put himself with them on bread and water. The boys in the school saw this and they learned the love of the superintendent. Now when they are tempted to crime, they must say to themselves, if I do wrong, I shall have to live on bread and water. But worst of all, my father, the superintendent, will have to come and eat and drink bread and water with me for my sake. How can I bear that? How can I make my father who loves me so much confine himself to bread and water for my sake? And they would turn their lives around. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verses 9 and 10, it says, Let love be without hypocrisy. <laughs> Love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference 
to one another. How can you love God who you have not seen and hate your brother who you have seen? How? God wants his love to be reciprocated. Praise God. First John chapter 3 and verses 16 to 18, it reads like this. This is how we know what love is. We ask the question, what love got to do with it? This is how we know what love is. In that Jesus laid down his life for us. If we love one another, we ought to be willing to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possession and see his brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? My dear children, the Bible says, let not love, let us not love in words or speech, but with action and in truth. And I recall, this is what my mom was trying to tell me. Don't love by telling me. Show me. Not by just words alone. Imagine if I should go home every week to my wife and tell her, I love you, I love you, but I don't care home the paycheck. But I love you, you know, darling. But nothing. I love you. No food in the house. But I love you. Nothing to eat. But I still love you. I go to work and I get paid. But I don't give. But I tell her I love her. How can she know that she, I love her by me just saying it and not doing anything about it. So Paul wanted us to know the love of Jesus Christ. And that it cannot be measured. Paul says there's a length and there's a height and there's a width and there's a depth to the love of Jesus. It is incomprehensible. But Paul still wants us to know the love of God. Although we can't measure it, he said Christ died for you and me. But you and I have to know the love of God. And we know it by giving of ourselves to each other. He said the breath of Christ's love is encompassed a great multitude that is beyond numbers. Consisting of from people of every nation. That's what I'm looking at in EC right now. That's the love of God. From all nation, tribes, people, and tongue. The Bible says it covers the breadth of our experiences and it reaches the whole world. Nobody is exempt from the love of God. Nobody is exempt from the love of God. The Bible tells us, it tells us the length of Christ's love extends from eternity to eternity. We 
see in Ephesians 1, 4, and 5 that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That means eternity to eternity. And we are going to be with him in eternity. Praise God. So that is the length of the love of God from eternity to eternity. He said there's a height to his love. His love has lifted us from the pit of sin and placed us to the exalted position of being seated with him in glory in exalted places. Praise God. He loves us. His love rises to the heights of our celebration and elation. The depth of his love caused him to leave his glory. The glory of heaven to the exalted position to come down to earth to die for you and me in our stead. That's love. His love for us moved him to go through suffering on the cross. He who knew no sin was made sin for us. How deep, how deep is the love of God? It reaches the depth of our discouragement and despair. When you feel shut out and isolated, remember that you can never lose the love of God. Praise God. Charles Wesley summed it up like this. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? When we ask ourselves the question, am I growing, am I growing more and more to know the unknowable love of God, of Christ? Paul was saying we need to know the love of Jesus that passes all knowledge. The love that when we think, we know it blows our mind to see that Jesus still loves us in spite of what we have done. In spite of what we did. In spite of. What we are thinking of doing, God still loves us. Jesus loves you. Embrace the love of Jesus this morning. I recall someone testified once that they came to the altar for prayer. And one of the altar workers were just saying in his ears, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And he said he felt the love of Jesus just embrace him. And soon he was speaking in, in an heavenly language. And he didn't know what he was saying. But he just felt the warmth of the love of Jesus. By that person saying into his ears, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He felt Jesus. Jesus loves you. It's like the woman in the Bible that Jesus said, 
They said she was a sinner. She went to the house. And she washed Jesus' feet with perfume. And the tears from her eyes. And she wiped his feet with his ears. And Jesus said to them, she loved much because she was forgiven much. Hallelujah. Have you been forgiven much? That you love Jesus more than anything else in the world? Paul, in our text, was praying that we will attain spiritual maturity. Having all of God in us in the overflow. And as we grow, God's love should grow also in us. We have outgrown our shoes and our clothes and other things. But we can never outgrow the love of Jesus. It, reach, it has reached down to where we were in our sins. And although we were rebels and enemies of God, the love of Christ redeemed us. From the bondage of sin. So we can look back at what and who we were. And what and who we have become today. And we owe everything to the love of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 12 to 13. It reads like this. That the time you were separate from Christ. You were in your sin and you were separate from Christ. Excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise. Without hope, you and I were. Without God in this world. But now, in Christ, the Bible tells us, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have now been brought near by the blood of Christ. The shed blood of Christ has brought you near. The love of Christ has brought you near by that shed blood. But Jesus, through love, has brought us a change so that we can now be called sons of God. His love has left us amazed so we can sing, I'm amazed. In the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. And I wonder how he could love me, a sinner, condemned, unclean. How marvelous. How wonderful. And my song shall ever be. How marvelous. How wonderful. Is my Savior's love. For me. God. May God help us. To get rooted. And grounded. In the love of Jesus Christ. God. 
Fill us with your love, Jesus. Fill us with your love, Jesus. Fill us with your love. As I close, I want to pray the prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesian church. Paul prayed this prayer because he was going through a time of testing. And they were worried about him. And he prayed the prayer for them. Verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 3. I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, for this cause, I bow my knees before the Father in heaven. Bow my knees. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, the strength to, to be strengthened. God wants you to be strengthened with the might of by his spirit, the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend what is the, with all saints, what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And to know the love of God. Praise God. He wants you to know the love of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Do you know the love of God today? God love reach to the depths my call today I want to thank you all at home for watching this broadcast next week Bishop Sham will be here and the week after pastor will preach. So I'm sorry that you missed pastor today, but it just encouraged you to come back next week. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends extraordinarychurch.ca We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us info at extraordinarychurch.ca We'd love to hear from you.